I'm John Alderson, and this is SEO in 2023. John, what's your number one SEO tip for 2023? Uh, my number one tip is to use structured data to market to machines so that we can get permission to access an audience. Wow, that's wordy, isn't it? So what machines are you marketing to? Well, I think that the simplest and biggest one is Google, but also increasingly a raft of essentially omniscient AIs that we have to convince um, that our products, our services, our brands, our propositions are a good fit for um, their audiences. Otherwise, they don't have an incentive to rank us, to include us, to surface us algorithmically. And I think that Obviously, algorithmic sorting and processes have been around f for forever, but increasingly we're seeing a step change where it's not about where do they rank us, and it's more about do they include us at all, and what are their criteria for excluding people entirely? And if Google says, you know what, your price isn't right, or your reputation isn't good enough, or you have quality issues, and they say, actually, we're not going to feature you in all these emerging rich result formats, and we're not going to feature you when people are discovering things on, say, Google Discovery, then you don't have a way to access an audience. You can't market, you can't spend, you can't advertise. These people never see you because you don't have permission to reach them. And I think that's a, that's a really huge transformation in the way that marketing works. Omniscient AIs, there's a phrase for you. <laughs> Do AIs nice. really know everything? Oh, absolutely not. But um, that's even even scarier, right? So they are attempting to define or understand concepts like quality and reputation. And really, they're, they're quite limited in the tools they have to do that. They're looking at the words on our web pages, the ways we describe and are described by others. And increasingly, a big part of where what we can use tactically to influence that, which is where I'm really keen on focusing, is structured data and schema.org. So if these machines are looking for clues that say, is this product good? Is Does this brand have the right reputation? Um, does this specific product or page or content or article or author have the right attributes that indicate that they're a good fit for this user or this searcher? We can use structured data to describe those explicitly. We can say, yes, this is a product. Here is the retailer. Here is the price. Yes, it has doorstep pickup. Yes, it has a returns policy. We have this reputation. There's an increasingly large selection of tools that we can use to describe these facets of not, not just chasing the kind of rich results, which is a lot of where the SEO industry tends to focus when it comes to schema, but really holistically and extensively describing who we are, what we stand for, what we do, and all of the attributes of all of those things in a way that these, these omniscient AIs can then pass and understand and use to decide, should we show this brand or should we show that brand? Does this brand meet our criteria? These are the clues they're looking for. So what would you say to an SEO that says, if you just focus on people, the machines will follow. I think that's a lovely sentiment when it comes to content and product market fit and branding and messaging, but it does overlook the fact that the way we access audiences has changed. We need to start thinking about Google and Facebook and Pinterest and Twitter, etc., as bouncers and gatekeepers of their own audiences. They are choosing what those people get to see. And yes, the secret to, to accessing and solving those users' problems is to do stuff that they want, stuff that's valuable and good, but we have to do that in a way that considers that their there are systems that will decide whether or not we get to play. So that's part of the part of the right way of thinking, but it's not all of it. So what structured data is absolutely key at the moment? Um, as much of it as you can possibly and reasonably implement in a way that's meaningful. A lot of people are just kind of scraping the surface and they're saying, oh, Google supports star ratings for recipes. We should go and copy paste a snippet that we found online for some blog posts and whack it on our pages. Great. You get some of the tactical rewards, but what people are missing is that the long term of this and where the game is going 
and how we need to think about it if we really want these systems to be able to understand our content is we need to do as much as we possibly can. This isn't a recipe. It's a recipe in an article that is a blog post on a web page published by an organization that employs the person who wrote that article, who lives in California, who yada, 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 yada. And it's those relationships between those entities that we really need to be describing. I'm loving the cat here. This is great for people who are only listening. We, <laughs> this is not very good for podcast listeners. I was hope, yeah. hoping that you might not mention it. But, um, <laughs> how would you install that structured data? Is there a best way to install it and manage it? Uh, yeah, so um, minor plug. Um, if you're using Yoast SEO on WordPress, this is, we do a huge amount of this automatically out the box, but obviously a lot of people aren't. If you're not, well, in fact, if you are, you can take what we've done and built on it. We have an open standard and an API that you can use to customize and extend it in a way that is logical and sensible and extensible and stable. Like a lot of what people do is like copy paste some stuff into Google Tag Manager or something, and it breaks immediately because your product goes out of stock or your number of reviews change and no one's updating it. So you can systemize it that way. If you're not a WordPress person, go and look at our documentation. I've spent too many hundreds of hours writing stuff on developer.yoast.com. We've standardized the approach and described how we do it. So even if you're doing fancy JavaScript stuff that's nothing to do with the WordPress ecosystem or Yoast, you can take the approach that we've defined and use that to build something equivalent in your own ecosystem. Yeah, we've thought a lot about like the business logic and the mechanics of how this should work rather than just uh, go copy paste whatever's in Google's documentation because that only really gets you to step one. So what are some key SERP features um, or other areas that display your content because of structured data that you're seeing at the moment? So one of the biggest things I think people are underestimating is the impact of Google Discover, like which is um, very Android-centric at the moment, but is increasingly rolling out to other parts of Google, where it preemptively just gives you articles it thinks that you'll be interested in, based on a combination of search history and implied interest, etc. That is hugely influenced by structured data and schema.org. And you need to be quite clever with how you do that. Things like it's very sensitive to headlines, it's very sensitive to image sizes and ratios. And it turns out that, um, for example, the standard social image size that everybody uses for Facebook and Twitter is slightly too small for Discover. So you need to be looking at your schema markup and maybe you need different images, maybe you need different treatments. It's really worth diving into some of Google's documentation on how article schema works. There's loads that people don't do. Like you, the basics is give it a headline and an author, but you can do so much more. Like who is the copyright holder? What's the primary image of the page? Where did the author go to university? There's loads of stuff you can do with that that helps enrich that and um, increase your chances. So. That's part of it. And then go through their documentation, look at things like recipes, articles, breadcrumbs, logos, organizations, and do as much of it as you can. So uh, for an SEO that hasn't really explored Google Discover much, um, what should they be doing to actually explore the possibilities? And what do you think the, the future of Google Discover might be? Are we looking at the initial stages of perhaps even some kind of uh, social network here as well. Oh, I hope not. They've tried this before, right? And it's not worked out well. <laughs> um, maybe though, uh, I think one of the things we do see a lot of is Google talking about journeys, where they're trying to understand that if I'm, I don't know, planning on buying a car, I do 20 searches over 20 weeks on five different devices in multiple tabs at once. And that many of those contain searches, but there's one kind of overarching journey that I'm going through. And they're trying to understand those discrete behaviors and processes and then marry those up so that they can help guide people on what's the next step and what are the best results. I think that a combination of something, either Discover or something like it, where they're preemptively saying, hey, this might be useful for your next step and structured data for things like articles 
and news and describing what your page is about is going to be really impactful because there also there's a whole bunch of exploration around um, what replaces cookie-based marketing, right? And one of the um, potential routes is a system whereby websites and users exchange information about what content they're interested in and what content the websites publish. Schema is going to be a huge part of that, like describing accurately what your content is about and not just, oh yeah, my site writes reviews about cars, but this web page features and mentions these topics which are related to these entities which this author has expertise on joining all of that up and starting to think about the technical aspects of how we tell our stories I think is going to be really key. This is where I see this is the next level. This is beyond just write good stuff for users. This is about marketing to machines and using their language so they can understand and then say okay now you can market to our users. So what does this say for the future of search? Because I'm imagining um, something similar on Google as is on Amazon after you purchase something at the moment. Uh, people who bought this also bought this, you know, on Google. People who search for this were also interested in these topics and people get lost in a, in a <laughs> pyramid of uh, different, um, different possibilities within Google and not actively carrying out a search after that? Or is my imagination just going a little bit too crazy? No, I think we're already there. Some of the stuff we've seen recently around the mum announcements um, and some of the recent stuff from Google I.O. suggests that's exactly where they want to go. They want search to be a kind of assistive handheld process where you just get shepherded through to a set of results. I think that's that can be great for users. Um, but there's an extension of a, a story we've been exploring for a while as an industry is that really impacts and potentially breaks the commercial model of content publishers. Like, if I'm somebody, what's my incentive as a business to create a great content page and answer questions and solve problems if Google just takes that, plonks it in front of a user in Google without allowing that user to access my website and therefore enabling me to monetize them? We still don't really have a good answer to that question other than we kind of stuck just accepting that that's how Google are changing the ecosystem and that the industry is kind of split right. Half of them are like, let's chase all these rich results, get all the clicks we can and then hope for the best. And the rest, are, I, will not I will not use schema or structured data at all because anything I give to Google devalues my content and my site and reduces the incentive for Google to send me visitors. I don't know which way this plays out, but it feels to me like fighting Google on this is not a good strategy and that we need to accept that they are, their objective is to solve user problems however they want, wherever they want. And that's going to be increasingly in Google. And we need to accept that we need to give them our content in order to do that. And then separately in parallel, work out what the heck that means for our commercial models. And yeah, there's no easy answer. But I think choosing to opt out of the entire discovery funnel and the entire top of your marketing funnel doesn't feel like a good play in the short term. So is structured data at the moment in a good place to service this more discover-orientated web? Or will structured data have to evolve? And if so, how is structured data likely to evolve over the next couple of, couple of years? That's really interesting. Um, I think as a standard schema.org is reasonably mature. It's a little bit stale in places, but the tools exist to describe our content in ways that platforms like Google, Facebook, Instagram, etc., can and already do read and extract. In fact, there's some really cool stuff happening with Google Merchant Center and Facebook Marketplace are both doing similar things where they, when they scrape your page, they read the schema 
schema and they use that to update your product information in real time. So if your price changes or your stock levels change, they read that as they scrape, read the schema and update the catalog information. So your website increasingly becomes like a real time database of the truth of your business, which I think is a really interesting mental model, right? It's not just content and marketing for humans. It's also the information that I use to service other platforms and systems. So that enables two really interesting things to happen. One is um, I, as an individual, can build something that consumes that schema. And that's much easier than having to build something like Google, which has to call the web and pass and understand it all. It's all just explicitly labeled, right? The other interesting thing to your question is um, where's it going? Where's it evolving? Um, all of this evolution and these types of conversations happen in public on the schema.org GitHub repository. Um, you can go in and have a look in there and there are conversations from people in Google saying, hey, we're from the market merchant center team and we would really love some schema that allows us to better understand what color a t-shirt is. Here is a spec. And then the schema.org team goes, great, thanks, we'll take that, we'll implement it. And suddenly the schema that allows you to describe t-shirt colors. So, and at some point in the coming months, that gets incorporated into Merchant Center, into broader schema, into Discover, etc. So if you want to see where it's going and maybe even shape and influence those conversations or just get ahead of your competitors, go and have a look behind the scenes and see how it's unfolding. Look at what's going to launch in the next month or two. Get that ready to implement and go. There's loads of stuff coming right now. Things like... Um, we're discussing, oh, what we're doing, there's a whole discussion happening the other day and I've completely forgotten what it was about, but it was super interesting. That's annoying. Oh, um, describing mobile specific URLs for web pages, which isn't something we should have, but it's something many websites still do have and there isn't good syntax for that, but in a few weeks there will be. So if your site has that, you can unlock a whole bunch of stuff and there's loads of those. Really interesting. Wow, indeed. Well, you've shared what SEOs should be doing in 2023. Now let's talk about what SEOs shouldn't be doing. Yes. So what's something that's seductive in terms of time, but ultimately counterproductive, something that SEOs shouldn't be doing in 2023? I think they shouldn't be staying in their lane. I think that SEO is now so broadly interwoven with and affected by and integrated with everything else that I think just doing SEO, quote unquote, is not enough to succeed. And I think the biggest thing that we need to change and prevent people doing is not thinking that they're not allowed to challenge quality or challenge product or challenge the business. And it might often be that your biggest SEO opportunity is to um, change where the CEO eats lunch or to um, invest in training your customer service team, or to, I don't know, if you're a restaurant, to source better ingredients. And I think historically, we've as an industry been able to paper over poor product market fit by doing more SEO. You can get a bad product on a bad page to rank if you throw enough money and enough links and enough SEO at it. That's gonna get harder and harder. You need to be investing in making the thing itself better. That's where SEO needs to go. Not just marketing the thing, but improving it. The product, the service, the brand, the reputation. I think we need to stop optimizing and start improving because it's gonna get harder and harder to convince the machines that your thing is good if all of the evidence that they have say, oh, actually, this isn't a great fit. And historically, we would have got away with that. We would have attracted that audience and then tried to pitch to them and sell. Now we can't access that audience. So yeah, um, SEOs need to stop do SEOs need to stop optimizing and start improving.
Absolutely. I mean, is it even possible to do a great job, do a do a job as an SEO for a business that has a poor reputation nowadays? Oh, it's so hard, isn't it? In those kinds of scenarios, you're just going to be papering over the cracks. You might get some small incremental gains from p- fixing around that. But yeah, if you're not addressing those fundamental reasons why a system might choose to not rank you, then you're not going to achieve anything. John Orderson is head of SEO at Yoast, and you can find him over at yoast.com. John, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2023. Thanks for having me. What a treat. Indeed. (laughs) Thank you so much. Get your copy of SEO in 2023, the book, over at seoin2023.com.